Hello and welcome to another episode of the Desi EM Project. A very happy Karva Chauth to all the ladies out there. This is the festive season in India. We've had the Navratras going on and then we had Shara, Karva Chauth, Diwali is coming up and a lot more. So yeah, uh, happy festivities to everybody in India and across the world. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about, again, one of my favorites, Airways. I'm just going to be sharing some Airway pearls that I've picked up over the past 15, 16 years, and the ones that I've learned uh, from different difficult airway workshops uh, in India and abroad. Uh, so yeah, basically, these are these are tips that you could use once you've uh, learned the basics of airways. And, uh, you know, and, and just want to advance your skills. So here goes. Uh, the first thing is always remember what the best airway tool is. It's not the laryngoscope. It's not the Macintosh or the video laryngoscopes. It's not the bougie. But the best airway tool is your brain. Remember that knowing when to intubate, even more importantly, when not to intubate, is what is going to uh, change the course of management for your patient and probably the prognosis also. So remember, use your brains when you need to manage the airway. That's the best tool that you have. There are only probably three major indications for intubating a patient. If their airways are compromised, if the breathing is compromised, or if you expect that the clinical outcome is going to be really, really bad, or if there is going to be a clinical deterioration for the patient's status, go ahead and intubate those patients. Always remember that you need to pre-oxygenate really, really well. If you do a good pre-oxygenation, your apnea time to desaturation can actually go up to almost six minutes. So if you have six minutes of apnea and the patient doesn't desaturate, you can take multiple attempts to intubate the patient. It'll be safe for the patient. So remember, do a good pre-oxygenation. So how do you do that? Crank up the flow rate of the oxygen, put the patient upright, and then put in the CPAP or the face mask that you want uh, that you want to pre-oxygenate with. Put in a nasal cannula, crank it up to 15 liters per minute or even more to denitrogenate the patient. Like I've mentioned in a lot of my episodes before, uh, when you breathe in room air, you're breathing in a lot of nitrogen as well, which takes up a lot of space in your alveoli. You need to recruit those alveoli. So to empty them out of new nitrogen, you need to denitrogenate them. So when you put up uh, your nasal cannula to a patient, crank it up. So with that pressure, the alveoli are emptied of uh, nitrogen. And when you have your CPAP on or your face mask on, it's going to fill up those empty alveoli with a lot of oxygen reservoir. So your apnea time to desaturation uh, time uh, really gets prolonged. Uh, and that helps with safe intubations. Pre-intubation optimization is very, very important. I've spoken about this earlier, physiologically difficult airways. You need to correct the hop killers, uh, check out uh, the hypotension of the patient, start treating that, start resuscitating your patient. If uh, not oxygenating properly of the, or if your patient's hypoxic, uh, do a good pre-oxygenation for those patients. Use NIVs if you have to. Uh, acidotic patients, avoid intubating them. You know, treat the cause of the acidosis. You don't want to stop their compensation. And always, always use an airway checklist. 
like again i've mentioned before real airway experts use an airway checklist moving on uh, the drugs to use if you do not know the past medical history of the patient might as well go for your rocuronium's and avoid using succinylcholines uh, obviously if 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 you're not that expert in managing airways you would want to use a shorter acting uh, paralytic uh, so be sure of uh, your, your skills and if you want to go ahead and use a sucol get the history from the attendants but if you don't have a history it's safe to use rocuronium also uh for really really bad refractory shocks uh, really severe ones uh, you can sometimes avoid using uh, your sedative agents or your induction agents and go straight for paralysis and then start the sedation after the patient's been intubated these are for very very rare cases but if you really want to do the sedation at that time for these really severe refractory shock where the patient is absolutely altered or probably not even responsive you can use a half dose of your induction agent even if it is ketamine which is very very cardiovascularly safe actually the safest drug you can uh, you, sh- you should half that uh, dose of ketamine also this is only for the severe refractory shocks when you have your tube in place uh, you can use your etco2 waveform to see uh, if the tube's in place uh, it sh- uh, the reading should be about 35 to 45 uh, mm of mercury Uh, and these days if you have your bedside ultrasounds uh, you can use them to uh, put them on the trachea and you can see the artifacts of the et tube so you can be pretty sure that the tube is in the right place so that's something uh, that you can use in your departments if you have that uh, if you don't have your etco to or your ultrasounds obviously direct visualization your five point auscultation and your x-rays are going to help you uh, understand if the tube is in the right place or not for severely acidotic patient again like i mentioned before try and avoid intubation you don't want to stop the respiratory compensation try and treat the cause of the acidosis be it sepsis be it lactates be it a low strong iron difference uh, uh work on that and uh, i mean we've had a lot of patients who've who've done really well by not getting intubated and uh, you know they've they've recovered obviously if somebody has a refractory acidosis really bad ones and requires dialysis uh you can go ahead and intubate them but don't paralyze them uh you can uh keep them sedated and use an SIMV plus pressure control so that you can crank up the respiratory rate uh which won't uh, stop the respiratory compensation at least so you can blow out the carbon dioxide so you can use those uh, techniques also uh remember the induction agent uh uh is always the dealer's choice uh, whoever is intubating the patient the airway manager should choose what uh, his or her induction agent is going to be and like like i mentioned before again uh, for sick patients you can uh, half the dose of your induction agent uh moving on uh, just some of the mnemonics uh, that we usually teach uh, i'm just going to repeat them again uh, if you have a difficult intubation and you want to remember what are the mnemonic for that so you can remember lemon uh, l for look evaluate check the malam patti usually you don't get to do the malam patti so that's that's all right even if you don't get to uh, you just anticipate a difficult airway uh, obesity and obstruction and check the mobility of the neck for difficult bag mask uh, i remember roman uh, if the patient had any radiation to the face or neck uh, obese patient again malam patti or a male patient age of more than 65 years and uh, edentulousness uh, basically no teeth uh, these can cause uh, a little bit of difficulty in 
uh, bagging a patient. Uh, for difficult extraglottic devices, uh, you can remember rods, which is again radiation, obstruction, any distortion, or a short thyromental distance. And for difficult crikes, uh, remember SMART. If the patient had any surgeries, has a mass on the neck, or has a difficult access, has had any radiation to the neck, or if there is an underlying tumor, uh, these can lead to a little difficulty in uh, doing a nice crike or any fauna. Uh, so, yeah, basically, you need, you. I mean, if, if, if a patient uh, has undergone any neck surgeries or is obese uh, or has a short neck, uh, you know, and has had any radiations or tumors, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be difficult intubation, bag mask, EGD, and a crike. So you can remember it that way. Now, when you've got your scope inside and you can see the cords, but no glottis, that's an illusion. Pull back, see the glottis, and then you'll see the true cords, which you need to intubate. Because if you don't see the glottis and you can see something like the cords, that's actually a esophagus and you're going to go down the wrong hole. And that's actually going to worsen your patient. Moving on, uh, if you have an asthmatic patient who needs to get intubated, all your conservative managements have failed. Remember, after intubation, you need to put them on a low flow and a low rate uh, setting because it's a restrictive lung disease. You don't want autopeep to kick in. Uh, you should have a fast rise and a slow fall for these patients. So when you're doing the vent settings, uh, remember to check this low flow, low rate for an asthmatic patient, fast rise and slow fall. Uh, then when you're resuscitating your patients, when you're doing a resuscitation sequence intubation, I mean, uh, you can use dirty epinephrines to give bolus shots when you have a hypotensive patient who you started already on fluids and NORAD and stuff, and you want to intubate the patient. But during the peri-intubation period, a lot of patients, if they're already in shock, can, can you know, further go down in shock and uh, cause trouble. Uh, so you can make dirty ME, take a 10 ml syringe, put 9 ml of normal saline, uh, plus one ml of epinephrine that makes it 10 microgram per ml. Uh, that's the dilution that uh, takes place. And then you can give 0.5 to 2 ml boluses. So that'll be like about uh, 5 microgram to about 20 microgram that you can give bolus just while intubating. They'll crank up the blood pressure at that time for the patient and not let them deteriorate. Pediatric intubations, remember, they're scary but not difficult. They're superior airways and not anterior airways. Uh, I mean, it's always been taught that pediatric airways uh, and the uh, pediatric cords are anterior. It's actually a misnomer. They're actually superior. So when you have your scope in, uh, you need to look up and not deep because they're superior, again, not anterior. So you look up and you'll see the cords and you can easily intubate. They're not that difficult. Uh, they're just scary, but they're not difficult. Uh, remember to fix the tube uh, at uh, three times the size of tube. So if you've taken a tube which is four, you can fix the tube at 12 centimeters. If you've taken a tube which is uh, a five-five uh, uh, tube, you can fix it at 15 centimeters. Uh, you can use uh, cuffed tubes for all pediatric age groups except neonates. Uh, uh, remember that they have a floppy tongue and epiglottis. Uh, can make it a little difficult, but it's not impossible. It's not scary. Uh, just take a deep breath, do your tactical breathing, and look up and intubate. Remember, there are no experts in pediatric cricothyrotomy. There are hardly any experts for adult cricothyrotomy when you have to do an emergent airway. 
uh, for peds, it's even, even even less. So, I mean, you keep visualizing how you do the clikes when you have to, you will be able to do it. You just need to feel the membrane, uh, slice it open, and you can put in a, four, a, a number four ET tube uh, or uh, often a number four tracheostomy tube or a six ET tube for such patients. Uh, uh, to just just uh, to finish it off, uh, remember that first pass success has become an international standard. Uh, so the more skilled you are, the more you practice, uh, the more you visualize yourself uh, managing airways, uh, the better would be your first pass success rates. Uh, intubation is all about geometry and mechanics. So you need to stay calm and then manage the airway. Head up is the next standard for intubations. Uh, in our department, we only do head up intubations. We don't put them supine. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, uh, use uh, the sniffing dog position. None of those. We put a head. We put the head up, till the bed down, and we intubate. It's so much easier. And video laryngoscopy and your uh, endoscopes are the future of intubation. So if you have uh, the resources to get a video laryngoscope, get them and uh, see how your airway management changes. Uh, I hope uh, I hope uh, you've all uh, uh, had a little bit of uh, fun listening to this episode. Uh, there are a lot of pearls that I've uh, shared over here. I mean, you can always get in touch with me uh, to discuss anything that you thought uh, you didn't understand or you wanted to add something to it, and uh, we can have a good discussion on that. And then don't forget, we have MCON 2022 coming up in November um, this year, end of November from 25th to 27th. Uh, go on to MCON 2022. It's happening in uh, Kovalam and Trivandrum. And uh, register yourself. It's going to be a feast. Uh, and I hope to see you guys over there. Stay tuned for the next episode. It'll come out in the next couple of weeks. See you.